0: You are listening to the James Carpenter Podcast Show, episode number 24. Hello, once again, happy 4th of July weekend coming up. I wanted to share with you that my experience with signing up for massages. Uh, so back in February, I signed up with our local massage NB. And it was, and, and I, you know, in the past, I used to always get massages pretty frequently. I'd say about once every two, three months. Um, I just, you know, get really tight. So I'd go for the relaxation component of it, the loosening of the muscles. And I tell you what, this past February, all of that changed. And here's why because I, and this was the first time I went to this location. And so when I booked an appointment, I didn't know uh any of the therapists there and i've had women and and male therapists in the past and so i never really found a particular one that i liked but this time this changed everything this experience because i found a therapist just again out of pure luck and after the massage it was amazing the difference that this time had felt versus all the others. And I, I told her, you know, she was asking me how I felt after the session. I was like, Oh my goodness. I feel amazing. And I made the comment because, and I remember telling her this, like I made the comment, I feel like I've never experienced a massage before. Like all the ones in the past, like, yeah, they were good, but like this one blew them all out of the water. And i said what did you do (laughs) what did you do to me and she was talking to me and taking me through um, her background with trigger points believe it or not and if you have ever had a massage or if you've never had that experience highly recommend it life-changing and it was after that session i signed up for their monthly membership program because i was like oh my goodness this feels too good not to do every month. And so I've been doing that for the like the last uh, six months now. Yeah. And I've enjoyed every bit of it. And there was a, I think it was like in April, there was a time where she wasn't available because um, I have been going to her regularly, but she wasn't available in April. And when I went, I booked with somebody else. And I tell you what, it was night and day difference where it was like, "Mm, yeah, that was good. But it was just that reminder of, okay, next month, oh, I've got to get in to see see my gal. (laughs) Um, So trigger points, it's so interesting. And, you know, people go to get massages for different reasons. It's to alleviate stress. Um, Oftentimes it's like for me to loosen muscles that have tightened Uh, Usually it's relaxed though. And what's interesting about this topic is there are also emotional triggers, right? Emotional trigger points that we experience. And as I was researching this topic, this subject, emotional triggers are actually located all throughout the body. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff, actually. Um, There's even an emotional pain chart that tells you where different emotions are felt throughout the body. And if you Google emotional pain chart, like you'll see what I'm talking about, pretty cool stuff. And as I, as I was pondering and, and really trying to you know, think about this subject, what I'm still trying to figure out is at what point will a person decide something's got to change, right? And so like for me with a massage, like that's that's my driving point is usually I have a knot or something so painful, so uncomfortable where it's like, okay, I've got to get seen, like I've got to go in. And more so lately, it I've been uh, going so frequently that it's more of a maintenance schedule. And so I don't have that pain or that discomfort Uh, at the levels I used to experience them. Does that make sense? Where now, as I go more frequently, I'm actually feeling like my my sense of uh, comfort has actually been elevated, right? And it's been able to stay there and I've been able to maintain it because of that consistent monthly session. And it's the same thing, you know, as I've been thinking about this with emotional trigger points is how can we elevate our emotional quality so that our experience in life is just better and then like because we experience moments of joy and happiness but in order to then one elevate that and then second to maintain that right like how how was that accomplished? And as I was going about this, the question that kept coming to me and resonating with me is, at what point will a person decide that something's got to change, you know? Like, how much will a person tolerate before seeking help or finding a solution to their problem? Uh, and it's like going to the doctor, right? And like like um, being told, like, you've got to give up smoking or that lung is a goner, right? Uh, or like if you have kids, uh, it's like being told that your child has allergies, like they're allergic. And that's one of the things that with our two-year-old that we've been going through the last um, couple of rounds with her pediatrician is we've been doing all these kind of uh, testing to see if she has any allergic reactions to different foods. Um, she doesn't fortunately, but it's one of those things where it's like, if they're allergic to peanuts or dairy or wheat, you know, um, if that becomes the case, then you just simply cut those foods out. Like it doesn't even become a problem anymore. Right. Um, it's, it's just so fascinating to me. It's like, why will a person give up smoking or drinking? but not give up an even more powerful substance. And this more powerful substance, I speak of being flour and sugar. Because when you think of it, those two substances uh, influence, and this is well documented, they influence your longevity, your quality of life. Uh, They directly influence your cognitive functioning. And I've also often wondered, like, my reasons as I was going through this, uh, like, the belief systems like, I, that I held on to that made it feel impossible to cease eating or to forego the after-meal dessert, right? Like, that societal, that conditioning, like, what was it? Um, or picking the, the food from my kids' plate, right? And this is what's come to me with why it was so difficult and challenging to not eat or to say no, no thank you to keep myself full, like beyond the sense of fullness, right? Like I was constantly bloated, constantly feeling just overeaten, like stuffed, right? Kind of almost sickly, where I had to loosen the belt buckle. Whereas now, fast forward. I rarely feel bloated. Like I rarely allow myself to get to that point. And like, don't get me wrong, like it's definitely been a process and it's taken time for me to make those changes and to form those new habits. Uh, But as I was going through this, there were definitely some belief systems in there that I was holding on to, whether or not I realized it at the time, but that was making it more challenging than it had to be. And this is what's come to me, like, this was the driving belief system is if you take the food away, like, if you take that away from me, what else is there? And here's what I mean. Um, Growing up, I was taught, because I grew up in an environment in a household that we were taught to abstain from smoking and, you know, drinking, you know, don't use tobacco, tea, drugs, uh, all that stuff. And so what was left was the food, right? And I mean, these are all noble virtues and I teach them to my kids. But take, for example, it's like playing tic-tac-toe, right? And I you know, play tic-tac-toe with my kids. Like my, as we go through it, like the boxes, the squares get marked, right? They become unavailable, like they become blocked. And I am then left with one remaining option, and in this case, it's food. Like that food very be- quickly became, and you know, my go-to uh, anytime I felt stressed uh, or nervous. You know, things that stress out an adolescent. Like as I was looking back over the years, like school or taking tests or exams or wanting to ask a pretty girl out on a date. Um, like food was there right like it it became that go to you know the comfort foods, it provided me that sense of um that that sense of joy where it's like you're going to help me feel better, and oh, here's another good one, uh boredom, <laughs> and I get this all the time from my kids, Dad, I'm bored, <laughs> what can I do? oh my goodness, uh now, maybe you grew up in a completely different household, right, where your environment was. Just totally different, where everything was available, right? And it's what's interesting is that in both instances, in both scenarios, it doesn't matter if you grew up with those restrictions or um, the opposite. What I've found, especially in talking with clients and hearing the feedback and the research that I've been doing, under both scenarios, food is a driving factor for most people. Yeah, and when you peel back the layers and start to really get to the root of it, it's the dopamine effect that we feel when we eat and constantly consume the flour and the sugar, the the processed foods of it. Yeah, and like we talk about food all of the time. Like, have you noticed that? Like, if you're at work or if you're at school, kind of notice the next time, just. In a day, like if you kind of, you know, just keep like a self tally, how many conversations revolve around food? Hey, what are we gonna eat? Uh, when are we eating? Uh, who who are you gonna eat with? Like who who are you going with? Uh, this is a fun one because my wife works at an office, and so they have food trucks that come. And so a common question is, "Hey, what food truck is coming today?" <laughs> Which, by the way, brilliant idea, right? So cool that. Somebody thought of this idea of driving around in a truck that will cook and serve you food right on the spot. Right? Oh, but getting back after the the question of you know why people will give up a an addictive activity, you know, like smoking, like drinking, but won't give up the flour and the sugar. You know, it's fascinating. Like if you were told uh, your child can't have you know these foods. Uh, you wouldn't eat. You wouldn't eat them, right? They would be cut out like that. Wouldn't even be a question. And what I've come come down to, like what it boils down to, is your why has to be strong. Like this is your unconquerable why. Your no matter what reason, right? And it's it's interesting. Like when you look at the studies on um, like the different health procedures on. Overweight people, Uh, procedures are harder, right? It's proven, like it's documented. Um, The hazard to your health to be overweight is significantly increased. You know how do you get to that point of it's not worth it anymore? And so this has been an interesting uh, self-assessment on me. And so I hope the the thoughts that I'm sharing with you, uh, one are (laughs) clear, uh, and then secondly that that they're resonating with you because like when you're sick and tired of food control in your life, like, is that enough? Or like, at what point does it just become too much? Like that's where that trigger comes in, right? Where you want to stop worrying about food or what you're going to eat or, um, the side effects of the effects of medication that can cause weight gain. And that's why it starts with your why. And maybe those reasons I just mentioned are, Strong enough reasons to get you started, right? Like I'm sick of food controlling my life. I don't want to worry about what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat. I don't want to be concerned about the medical effects that cause weight gain. Now, here's what's going to happen um, when you start: is you're going to feel withdrawal, and that's okay. It's one of those things, though, that we haven't conditioned ourselves to feel or to really go through. And for that reason, I actually laid out uh, a five-part podcast series. And so if you're at this point wanting to learn more, I suggest uh, go listen to podcast number 14. Start there. Listen to that. Now, the purpose is to alleviate current pain and discomfort. And so you elevate your emotional well-being. And then once that's elevated, you then maintain it. Right at that higher level. And I firmly believe that if we use food as prevention versus treatment, we can get there. All right, my friends, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful, joyous 4th of July weekend coming up. Until next time, bye bye. Hey there, if you liked listening to this week's podcast, then you should check out my Elite Productivity School, it's my monthly coaching program where we take all of these concepts and apply them to your life. Learn more at jamescarpentercoaching.com forward slash enroll.